This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. As we're based in the UK, all times will be in GMT. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 21st to the 27th of November. I'm Ezzie Pearson, the magazine's features editor, and I'm joined on the podcast today by reviews editor Paul Manny. Hello, Paul. Now then, Ezzie, I've got a mix for you this week. Ooh. Morning and evening. <laughs> ah, so are we starting off in the morning or the evening, Paul? What have you got for us? Well, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to get up for this one. It's 5am in the morning on the 21st of November, and we find a very slim crescent moon. It's to the upper left of Spica, or Speaker, depending on how you want to pronounce it, Alpha Virginis, as they rise. So they will be rising at that time. They won't be far above the horizon, so you do need a clut- uncluttered east-southeast horizon from about 5am. And of course, after that, what you'll find is that, I mean, they're bright, so you'll be able to keep them for a while, even as the sky starts to lighten with morning twilight. But uh, in fact, I think morning twilight always enhances the view of the crescent moon. It just looks ephemeral and gorgeous in the early morning twilight, I have to say. And Spiker is a bright first magnitude star. So, you know, it, you should be able to follow it well into the morning twilight as well as the moon as well. So that's a nice start, even if it's an early start to the week, as you say. Mm-hmm. However, we have a bit of a gap because these things sometimes, the moon then goes through new. It's new on the 23rd. So we have a bit of a gap. If you want, there's still the parade of planets in the evening sky. So you can still keep following them again around about six, seven o'clock in the evening onwards. But the moon does creep back into the evening sky and we come round to the 25th when the crescent moon lies below the star Nunki, which is Sigma Sagittarii. You need to be looking south-southwest for it, very low down. Again, you need, this is one of those situations, when the moon's like this as a crescent, whether it's morning sky or the evening sky, it's going to be low. So you do need an uncluttered horizon. Again, around about 5pm in this case, before it actually sets. So it will be visible in twilight. I think binoculars will actually show it up a little bit better, bring out the star a bit better for that. Now, we've mentioned the the actual uh, planetary parade itself. And with the moon out of the way, or just this thin crescent for most of the week, very low down and setting easily, this is the time to get out and enjoy the deep sky. You Mm. know, because a lot of our events, we concentrate a lot on the planets, and quite rightly so. But, you know, the night sky is there and all its splendor. And when we've got the moon out of the way, this is the time to get it, especially these dark nights as such. So this is the time to get out and get your autumn sky, your fix of galaxies and nebulae, etc. Targets should easily include the Andromeda galaxy. That's well up in the southeast now. And don't just go for the Andromeda galaxy. Don't forget, there's actually the two companion galaxies as well. 
uh, sort of thing either side of it, Messier 110 and Messier 32. And if you follow the line down through Andromeda and the other way towards the tip of Triangulum, we've got Messier 33, the Triangulum Galaxy. Now, they are also considered naked eye. So M31, the Andromeda Galaxy, Messier 33, you need dark skies. I know we do harp on this about it, but you do, but you will see a fuzzy blob. And I do like my fuzzy blobs. I'm renowned for enjoying my fuzzy blobs in the night sky. <laughs> there are other things, though. If you want a bit more of a challenge, it's quite large, but the Helix Nebula down in Aquarius, worth having a look at. And if you're a fan of clusters, well, this the autumn, I was thinking autumn and spring are great times for clusters sort of thing, because in actual fact, you've got all the clusters along the Milky Way. And don't forget, we've actually still got the vestiges of the summer sky over in the sort of southwest west-southwest sort of thing. You've actually got Scutum, you've got Aquila rising up to sort of Lyra and Cygnus still fairly high up. Then you're arching across, the Milky Way is arching across to Cassiopeia and Perseus and Origa and Taurus. So you've got a whole host of star clusters to enjoy as well. So you've got summer and you've got autumn and you've got some winter clusters coming up. And of course, if you want to leave the night as it rolls on sort of thing, we'll end up with the winter sky rising. I mean, Orion at around about six o'clock, the arm of Orion is just, the, I think it's the shield just beginning to rise. So give it a few hours, you'll have Orion as well. So there is plenty to do. And I mean, let's not forget that with Mars in Taurus, it draws our attention, of course, to the fact that there's the Pleiades, the Hyades, and also there's the supernova remnant, Messier 1, in that region as well. Mm -hmm. So we've got a parade of planets, we've got deep sky targets, and very early on in the twilight, you've actually got the crescent moon as well, if you want the moon to go. Uh, but we've got plenty of things to look up in the night sky. There's going to be double stars as well. You've got the ghost of uh, of Almac, that's uh, NGC 404 up uh, in Andromeda. You've got loads of things to actually look at, lots of galaxies. So there is plenty to see, but we mustn't forget the planets such as Jupiter. It dominates at the moment. Again, remember, mm. put a telescope on it and you can see the moon going around it and sometimes watch the transits, not just of the moons, but also actually of the uh, shadows going across it as well. So well worth having a look at the night sky this week because the moon is out of the way, is it? <laughs> and, I mean, if you're lunar astronomers, of course, you ate it. <laughs> but, but this is the time for deep sky. If you're a lunar astronomer, it's your week off. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you, you can you have can, a rest, can't you? You can go have a nap, have a lion, it's fine. <laughs> Or an early night, I suppose, actually, it would be, wouldn't it? And, of course, we've got plenty of things in the magazine. Um, mm -hmm. We've got the binocular deep sky tour sort of thing so, mm -hmm. to, to play with. So so there's always lots to look at in the night sky during this this week when the moon's out of the way. You know, it really is a chance to actually do that. We just have to, the one unpredictable thing, you know what I'm going to say, the weather. Of course. <laughs> it's funny, you know, but the number of times the moon... It seems to bring along clear skies and we have good skies and we're all going, we need this when the moon's out of the way. And when the moon's out of the way, it's cloudy. <laughs> uh, I suppose this is what this has driven some of the, like we do in the reviews, it's driven some of the fact that people are now using specialised filters to photograph when the moon's up because they can still do deep sky uh, even when mm. the moon's up sort of thing. So I can understand that. But that is... That is one of the advantages, I suppose, of of deep sky objects, which is um, when it's it's their season to be up in the night sky. They're always up in the night sky. You know, you don't have to wait for it to have a chance alignment or for it to come around. Um, so you've got a nice sort of 
quite long window to be able to to get the right conditions to be able to observe this and just make sure you're paying attention so you can grab the chance whilst it's there. Yes, because a lot of the times we discuss in things like conjunctions uh, with the moon and planets, sometimes conjunction of a planet with another target, say a star or even a nebula. But, uh, you know, the nebula and the, the galaxies, etc., they all uh, require their own attention. And uh, But the best time is when the moon's out of the way, really, to get them. I think the one that doesn't suffer so badly is open clusters, because they are merely just dots. It's just the faint clusters tend to mm. suffer when the moon's up. So this is the ideal time to see the clusters in all their glory. But uh, at least you can follow them often. I mean, we mentioned the other week, sort of, in the moon next to the beehive cluster. But it was in the morning, so it was last week in actual fact but uh, you know but it was still visible sort of thing so mm. uh, you know but full moon I, I have that window around about two to three days either side of full moon where unless you're into lunar observing sort of thing i'm i'm not too worried about looking at the deep sky itself but mm. once the moon starts to move out of the way i start planning my sessions around what time does the moon rise or what time does it set mm. <laughs> sort of thing, you know so uh, i ought to have a clock like that shouldn't i <laughs> yeah well, thank you very much for taking the time to tell us about all of those things we can see in this week's night sky, Paul. So to recap, on the 21st of November, we've got a slim crescent moon that's going to be next to the star speaker. And then on the 25th, the crescent moon will be back uh, next to Nunki. But it will be a new moon on the 23rd of November, meaning that this week is a great chance to get to grips with some of your deep sky targets that are going to be up over the course of this month. So be sure to have a look at those and uh, pick up the magazine if you want to have a look and see what ones might be up. So thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us, Paul. And if you want to keep up to date with the best things to see in the night sky every week, be sure to subscribe to the Star Diary podcast. And we hope to see you here next week. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our sky guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 